When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Kevin, John and Paddy, and it's your Celtic state of mind, Dorton. Paddy and John, how are you getting on the day? Oh, I'm, I'm buzzing, Kev. I've got the glory and the dream in my head. Oh, it's superb, eh? Uh, fantastic. How good is that, man? Absolutely buzzing. Uh, eh, I, haven't, I haven't been this excited since the football finished. Eh, I know some people have different tastes in music, but that's right up my street, so yeah, no, I was loving it. Paddy, how a chat? Paddy, you had a chance to listen to it yet? No, not yet. I've been at work since, uh, working through home since about 10 past 8 this morning, so I've got a chance, but I'm the first thing I do after I go off this. Uh, it's a wee three-minute so have a, have a wee listen to it. Everybody who listens to that song or 
anybody in the Celtic community whatsoever, they are in for a treat. This song is utterly superb. And when I was listening to the final mix this morning, I had hair standing up on the back of my neck at one point. The, 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 the job that the lads have done has been absolutely fine. Oh, the lads and the lassies, because there is a, there is a backing singer on it. I can't remember her name at this precise moment in time, but I will do. It is a fantastic single, and we want everybody to get involved in it. Like, yeah. you buy it on iTunes, stream it, download it, do whatever happens nowadays. Unfortunately, there's no physical vinyl versions for us old schools uh, who, who still have record players, but... It is absolutely superb, and I can't keep on going on about it. Everybody's in for a treat when it actually debuts. It's going to be great, and I think it's going to be a staple of the Irish pubs up and down the west and west of Scotland, Paddy. Oh, it's a, a banging chorus, man. It's absolutely the chorus is superb. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so it's 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 absolutely brilliant. Uh, the wee bit of narration, even the build-up and all that, you know, it's just superb the way it's put together. It's so professional. Uh, and it's not one of those sort of cringy ones. It's like a proper, you know, it's like they did a proper song and then put Celtic lyrics to it, you know, sort of way, you know, so it's uh, uh, great, absolutely loving it. And if I could find a way to get it playing on some speakers and off my phone, you know, uh, I, I would be puking my neighbours already. Because yeah, it's a wee earworm that's been in my head all oh, You can, you can a, tell I'm a bit excited about it. You're a bit, a bit excited about it. You're talking, you're talking about some cringe-worthy football songs. Is there any, Paddy, I'm coming to you with this, is there any cringe-worthy Celtic songs that you hear recorded playing at Parkhead? I called it Parkhead there, that's just my age, that's me showing my age there, but that's <laughs> I'll fit in with my age and with age bracket and call it Parkers for the rest of the show then, right? Right, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking you off. Come off, come off. <laughs> Remove. See, <laughs> that doesn't harm. You're not allowed to use Parkers no. on this podcast. Apologies, I'll go for Parkhead. Uh, no, not, none spring to mind. I mean, I'm a big fan of Rolling Down London Road. I think that's an absolute classic. Um the Scott Brown song, maybe that's a wee bit cringy, but it's quite funny as well. It's like a cult classic almost because, you know, he took the piss out of it in his final interview. He died, um, I. I'm not too sure. Uh, I quite enjoy all of them. Um, so I'll have to I'll have to sit in the fence with that one and say I quite like them all. Four Leaf Clover's mine. I just don't think it works. I, I, I just think it's too... Too forced. It sounds too forced. I mean, I've wrote plenty of number one singles, and then I know what I'm talking about <laughs> at times like this. Eh? But I just think it sounds awfully forced. The the four leaf clover song. But I'm sure John McLaughlin can actually, who actually wrote the song, will go that to me. Well, did you write Year Two Thousand for Busted and all these number one hits that John McLaughlin's had? So what do I know? I don't know anything. But I just, to me, it just sounds forced, and I get a bit cringe when I hear it. John, any? No, I, I don't think so. I actually don't mind the fully clover. I, I thought it was. I think it's quite good. Um, I, there's none that spring to mind that make me go. Oh, gee, I can't. I can't listen to this again. Um, you know. So I think that's a good sign. Uh, and they tend to change them up a little bit uh, now and again. So uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't mind any. I think we've got a fairly good song that we've got plenty to choose from, and we don't need to be. Uh, I think if people didn't like them, they just. You wouldn't be hearing them anymore. That's it. Um, I, 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 
I'm not 100% sure about that. I sometimes think, and we'll get on to that. I think there's some, it's, everybody's just got different tastes. Eh? Everybody thinks some things are brilliant and that, and like, ah, there's never been anything dreadful, but as I just say, sometimes the four leaf clover one makes me a bit cringe. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care why it is, it's just something, something about it. I mean, and also, he, John McLaughlin, he's due. Just so I'm not going to slag John McLaughlin here, who has who has been on a Celtic state of mind and who's a big friend of Paul's. He did write the best days of our life. Hmm. So that that is a Cel- that is a modern day Celtic classic, and yeah, yeah, that's a very good song. So for every one I didn't like, he's wrote one which is <laughs> which is way up there. Paddy Lavery, Paddy, nobody likes my poetry, I know. So don't worry, don't worry about it. Um, what we'll do is towards the end of last week, we, we actually we actually stopped, we actually started talking about Peter Wall returning as chairman because um, somebody asked us a question on Twitter, and <laughs> and like when you say rent a ghost three times or you say Beetlejuice three times, it happens, it appears. So that that's. Uh, so it did actually happen on the Friday, and I'm quite glad that we didn't have we weren't on live when it actually did happen because I don't know what Alda says, but I've had a week to actually think about it now, and I've actually wrote down a big bit of paper and my thoughts two sides of A4 on my <laughs> on my thoughts on Peter Wall coming back. Um, I says last week that he's never been away. His car parking space has never been empty. And I think that's been proven over the last few days after he's been uh, appointed as non-executive director, uh, non-executive chairman, should I say, because he's now getting all the credit for bringing Ange Postacoglu to to Celtic Park. We now have the organisations and certain Celtic media sites who were always pandering people, uh, Peter's propaganda, as I call it, coming out there with fluff pieces. And yes, I am looking at the Celtic Supporters Association here. And if nobody's actually read the Celtic Supporters, the chairman of the Celtic Supporters uh, Association blog this week, please read it. It is pandering, and it's the reason that we probably didn't get anything done when you've got guys like that sitting in the boardroom, like taking the taking the coin from the board. I can't believe that he's been. Everybody knows that the Celtic Supporters Association or certain members of the Celtic Supporters Association have been in the back pocket of Peter Wall since two thousand and three. And this blog this week absolutely proved it. And I'm 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 just weighing up other things that are going to happen. The other guys who are Peter Law champions will come out over the next couple of weeks with stuff that's came direct from the the, the finger of Peter Wall. Uh, well, my thoughts are it's a horrible look for the club. An absolutely horrible look for the club. It shows the arrogance and the contempt that us supporters are actually actually treated with. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, as Paddy mentioned last week, that we had banners and that saying, can we get a like, wall out, banker out and stuff like that. And our club have got the arrogance to bring the man back in. 
and for him to actually try and claim credit for the good stuff that's happening in the football club at this precise moment in time. The question I would ask would be like, would he come back if we were nine points behind? Would they announce that he was going to be the chairman if we're nine points behind? And Ange Postacoglu was not on. Uh, wasn't he, if, if we were nine points behind and no champions, would we announce Peter Wall as the actual like chairman? I don't think that we would. The other thing, the, 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 I just think it's a horrible, horrible look, Paddy. I really do think it's a horrible, horrible look. And I was involved in supporter activism uh, before. And I saw the way that Peter micromanaged the club. That, uh, I've seen behind the scenes I've seen the way Peter micromanaged this club and for me he will interfere and he will also have the carte blanche to interfere because he's Dermot Desmond's puppet that is, for all these people that are going ah, it's just a, it's just a show title or just a show thing I've seen Peter in action and he will interfere and he will get he, he will get the carte blanche to interfere because he's dead with Desmond's eyes and ears. He's dead with Desmond's man, Paddy. You make a lot of good points. Um, you know, rather it's official, it's sort of it, it, it becomes more serious, and you need to ask a lot more questions than you know what it was last Wednesday when it was just rumours. Um, it, it's questionable whether uh sort of. A company that has a turnover of a hundred million or so, or whatever it is Celtic have, would have the same CEO for eighteen years. Uh, he then resigns or retires for eighteen months, and then we bring him back as a chairman. You know how many sort of professional organisations as big as Celtic um, would have the same person running all their affairs, micromanaging, as you put it, um, being so involved with the club for eighteen years without. So sort of innovating and bringing someone new in, like Michael Nicholson, who I think he's been at the club for eight or nine years now, but he's a younger, fresher face. Um, he's he's got a different perspective on things. Um, you know, I know is it the ECA, EAC, um, the the sort of European board that Wallows on. I mean, there's no doubt that he's got uh, uh, sort of uh, sort of lucrative contacts within the game. He probably knows more about the one Celtic than. Anyone in the planet, but then, including me, you know, it's, uh, uh, mm. well, he's had more experience than <laughs> maybe not, maybe not the expert, but has more experience with the eighteen years he spent. Um, you know, just other things. You know, they didn't announce it on Twitter. I think, I think that raises questions. I mean, they obviously know it's unpopular, but I've done it anyway. The fact they haven't announced it on social media, they only put it on the website. Um, they're obviously, I mean. They'll try to hide it as much as possible, but you can't really hide the appointment of a chairman. Um, uh, it's it's a bit lackluster, but you know, Ian Bankier wasn't wasn't my favourite board member. Uh, none of them are really, but I, I'm glad he's out the door. But I don't know. It just raises questions having the same faces like a revolving door, like a sort of a boys' club. It's um, or a aye. It's, it's a bit lackluster, a bit disappointing. Can I just add, add in there, Kev, going back to your original point, um, I, obviously I have quite a few thoughts on this. <laughs> uh, so going back to the, your original point about disrespect, so when Peter Lobel left, he left 
one of the main reasons was because of how the board at that time were perceived, not just perceived, but actually did completely disrespect the fans, uh, completely ignored them, uh, you know, uh, kept a manager on in situ who was failing by all standards, um, refused to listen to anyone else, um, and essentially said, we know best, shut up, serfs, right? So that got quite a, a... an aggressive reaction, and rightly so, because it was bang out of order. So, in order now, just to make sure that we're not disrespecting the fans, what they did was sneak in the announcement after the AGM. So, mm-hmm. rather than announcing it at the AGM, right, and, and putting up to scrutiny and having shareholders scrutinise it, they throw it in afterwards so that it can't be questioned. Uh, so, immediately, we're back to disrespecting the fans again. When there's such a feel-good about the club, we're shooting ourselves in the foot again by bringing back someone that doesn't need to be there uh, and dredging up all these old feelings again of disrespect. And the first thing they do, the first thing they do is disrespect the fans, mm-hmm. is disrespect the shareholders. It's an absolutely outrageous way to introduce a chairman. Totally outrageous. So, you know, they sneaking them in by the back door. Whoever sneaks out, if you're sneaking your chairman in by the back door, you have made a massive error or you know you're doing something egregiously wrong, right? So over and above that, uh, you're talking about the fact that you know, people saying uh, the role is just a, it's, it's just a, you know, a, a non-executive chairman role. Uh, he's just there to control the board, all the rest of it. Yes, that is correct. So let's leave aside the poor governance point here for, this, for the moment and just discuss the role. So the, the role is to control the board and, you know, uh, effectively keep all the other directors in forum, make sure we're hitting our goals, all the rest of it, right? <clears throat> and that would go well. So what you need for that role is someone who understands the boundaries of their responsibilities, who understands the scope uh, of their job title uh, and exactly what that entails. Uh, and instead of that, we have appointed someone who, whose most famous characteristic is not knowing the scope of his responsibilities, refusing to accept the scope of his responsibilities. Uh, our de facto director of football for 10 years, uh, our de facto uh, head scout for 10 years, you know, uh, and we, we're appointing this guy to the chairman's role and everyone's supposed to blithely say, ah, no, it'll be fine. It'll just be a figurehead. It'll be grand. No, it won't. Oh, and you to, he appointed uh, essentially Michael Nicholson uh, and, and, and Desmond. He would have been uh, uh, Mr. Wall's choice. So he appointed Michael Nicholson. Uh, so Michael Nicholson, since Dermot Desmond has left, there has been a sea change at the club. It's all been super positive. It's been fantastic. Michael Nicholson, despite the fact he's friendly with Mr. Lowell, uh, and despite the fact uh, he was his protege, has gone in a completely different direction and has done his job. And we've had this discussion before. Michael Nicholson understands what his job is. He understands what Angie's job is. Everyone has their own responsibilities. Everyone has their own departments. Everyone has their own scope. Don't overstep the mark. And don't think that you know about stuff you don't know about. Right? What, so, what, I'm, go- what I'm going to say there, John, you say that we've changed direction. Right, yeah. I think the only difference is 
overall, our player trading model has not changed. Basically, what we sell in a nine-in-a-row team has funded Ange Postacoglu's rebuild. The massive change is the manager is buying players to suit a system. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The manager is buying players for markets to suit a system, to suit the style that he's playing. And our CEO is not acting like a de facto, a, a de facto director of football. He's not, getting involved, he's not getting involved in that. But I would argue that your trading model hasn't changed. Well, the trading changed. model hasn't changed at all. But the, 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 big, the big difference in the trading model is <clears throat> instead of having someone acting as director of football not uh, and chief scout uh, <clears throat> and uh, you know doing all the contracts and everything as well, instead of having a one-man band there, that's what I'm saying, you've got people who understand that the model didn't need to change. Uh, what you had to do was make the model work. And you can't make that model work, first of all, without have a functioning uh, football department. You need proper scouting uh, for a start. You need a proper football department to back that up. You can't just have one guy who doesn't know anything except the phone numbers of a few agents. So, you know, what we have now uh, is the guy who can make that player training model work because he under, he knows uh, and has a uh, vision for not only his team, uh, but he has an understanding of the, the wider markets and the wider footballing world. And so, you know, he's looking at players far, far afield that we've never looked at before because he has that knowledge. So between him and Michael Nicholson, the big thing that's changed is Michael Nicholson understands that, understands what he doesn't know and is letting him go on with and has given him the money he got on with so far, and has given him the faith that he will recoup that money, right? So that's what's changed. You know, it's just the dynamic between those two guys. And now what's coming back into play is the fact that Michael Nicholson's former boss is now back over him again, uh, and, and essentially, you know, is he going to just let Michael carry on as he does without interfering? Well, you would like to think so. But we can only judge that at the moment based on evidence from the past. So past evidence, uh, you know, past performance, say, doesn't predict future outcomes. But that's all we have at the moment. Um, uh, uh, and all we, all we have at the moment is the fact that he will interfere. If you haven't, Paddy, I mean, I, I think John makes a lot of great points. And I think one of the main points is... You haven't been watching over the last 20 years if you don't think a guy the size and the, the who has the punching power of Peter Law will maybe just go in there and not try to shake a couple of shake a couple of trees. I mean, I think for me what was really wanting, as they say, is Poster Coglu's came in and says, Oh, Peter made the phone call to me. And that was sold as something else completely with he who shall not be named, who has never spoke about anymore, actually says, I knew Mr. Postercoglu from my time working with Scottish rugby. 
I'll, I'll, for me, it's the look. And folk will go, Peter, when Peter Law was the CEO, he's, for me, when Peter Law was the CEO, he never backed to fans with S12. He never, but that, that's, I was in a meeting when he says that he hadn't seen the five-way agreement. And I'm not breaking any confidentiality there. I'm not breaking any confidentiality at all because there was 120 folk in the meeting when he actually says that. And somebody for the audience actually shouted to him, Paddy, I've got it on my phone if you want to read it and your name's on the email. Right? And that was shut down. He kept old for my wife. And again, in the exact same meeting, he actually says in that meeting, Rangers will not fail because they're too big to. That was his exact words as well. He kept, I think he downsized us to make sure he kept the brand old firm alive. And for me, the biggest, biggest thing that we can shake we can shake his stick at is this. We've won one European knockout game under him. He claimed that we were a big club. He claimed that we were a Champions League club and we've won one knockout game under him. In the last decade of his tenure as CEO, we were an utter embarrassment in Europe, Paddy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the Europe front. I mean, I think it was like September 2003 came in and March 2004 was the last time we won a knockout game. And you can talk about the changing landscape of Europe. You can talk about, you know, maybe if Gordon Strachan played in the, uh, managed in the UEFA Cup, maybe we'd have won a knockout game. Um, we, we, we were maybe unlucky against Copenhagen and Bodo Glimt, but, well, Bodo Glimt wasn't under him, but... You know, the, the record's there to be looked at and the, the the lockdown season, the COVID season is enough for any fan to look at and say, you know, I think most people wanted Neil Lennon sacked after uh, the derby and then the 3-3 draw at Aberdeen in the middle of October. And then he allegedly resigns in February, four months later, <coughs> when we find ourselves 23 points behind or something. And the the league is, you know, it's a, it's a formality really. We, we lose it two weeks later. Um, when we had the chance to salvage it, um, you know, he, he didn't move quickly. And then you have the cheek of Ian Bank here to come in 12 months later at the 2021 AGM to say, we get what we pay for and Peter moves quickly. He doesn't move quickly because we should have sacked the manager. Um, again, all these questions about how much influence does he exert, you know, what, what faculties of the club will he have control over? Um, they snuck it out on a website instead of a, instead of tweeting it. There's no press conference so far. I don't think there's going to be any press conference. It just leaves you with so much questions, and to shroud it all in this secrecy, it's, I mean, it's typical of the way the club was run under him towards the end of his tenure. And I think what's also, you know, what I remember, I don't know whether people have forgotten this or not. Um, after we lost to um, our rivals under Ronnie Dyler in the semi-final. And everyone wanted them sacked, and Dermot Desmond goes out and gets Brendan Rogers. Peter Lawwell done a, a one-to-one interview with the Sun, uh, and everyone thought that was him sticking the boot in before he eventually left to go to Arsenal. And he never left; he stayed. But he just decided to talk to the Sun one-on-one, which is, I think, it speaks to the character of someone uh, when they're willing to do that. Um, so I just add in there. Sorry. Uh, but I, just, I was just going to say, by the way, Kev, going back to I didn't mean to interrupt you there, uh, Barry. Sorry, I thought you were finished. No, I'm finished uh, anyway. On you go. But uh, the the uh, the the whole thing that's coming out now about he sourced Ange, she made the phone call, he got Ange. That's grand. So, how would you feel if I shoot you in the face, right? 
take you take you in hospital <laughs> and then say, listen, here I've organised a fantastic surgeon for you. See you later. Right? So he created the mess that Ange had to come into. He was entirely responsible for the absolute shit show that we had uh, that we were left with at the end of that season. We had a, we had no squad. We had nothing left. His la- it was all of the chickens coming home to roost, all of the lack of planning, um, all of the lack of vision, all of the lack of foresight, all of the lack of listening to reason, all of lack of hearing any other voices, all of these things coming home to roost. You know? And the, the constant managed decline of us in Europe, uh, which is essentially what it was, um, we he was keeping us just in front in a two-horse race where one of the horses had been shot, right? So that's what he was doing. And, uh, it was good for business, John. It was, it was great for business. You know, but I mean, yeah, you know, and people say, oh, we had so much success and all the rest. Aye, would we have had that success in any other era? Given, mm. look at the era that he was in. Rangers dead, are dead, right? Our biggest rival is dead, Right? And, uh, you know, and yes, we won trebles are plenty and all the rest of it, and that's fantastic. But we have to measure ourselves. Are we then measuring ourselves a domestic success in a one-horse race? Is that what we're measuring ourselves with? Right? So we have to. you have to be looking at, uh, you know, and as fans, I'm grateful for every single win. I'm grateful for every trophy. But you have to be looking further afield. You had to be looking to Europe and thinking, right, we can do this. And generating more income and looking at for, for something more than the rivalry with Sevco to keep us, uh, you know, generating money. And I and I don't. I think has been proven over the last period. We don't need them at all. You know, we we could work plenty well in in Europe. We don't need them at all. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. his, his model of keeping us tied to them is bankrupt. And it was bankrupt a long time ago. Uh, and look, you know, obviously it just irritates me a bit. John, uh, you know, the- if he comes if he comes back and does his job as he's supposed to, it wouldn't be any harm. But again, then there's a whole other thing, Kev, which I'll let you get a word in, but there's a whole other thing here about the corporate governance side, which is again yes. bang out of order. Bang out of order. I think as well, I don't think Banky had done the corporate government side when Peter Wall was the CEO correctly either, but that's a complete and utterly different different thing. I mean, what you've got to remember as well, the banners of shame up the top tier, they were there under Wall's era as well, and that was a lack of ambition that they weren't pushing forward. But they would point to it, and I've been in, and I've been in meetings when he has pointed to it, that was the fact that the Celtic fans needed Rangers. That was nothing to do with the business, that was nothing to do with him. The fact is, Rangers won the there, so the Celtic fans didn't turn up. That was the view of the boardroom at that point. I mean, what I, what I would probably say, I mean, he, he, you've got to, like, he's turned us on his pseudo accountants, ain't he? We all lube ourselves up for transfer one day, seen how, and we all get excited about transfer fees now, Paddy. We all get, we all get excited about how much we're going to get, like, we're going to, how much we're going to get for Josip Juranovic. I mean, the guy's been great in the World Cup and we're, we're actively trying to sell him and wondering how much money we can get. That's Peter Wall's legacy. We're all, we're all accountants now. I know. It's just... Oh, it's... 
I, I think unfortunately it's just how we have to compete on the European level. You know, we have to do this player trading thing. Um, you know, every club apart from you know the the five or ten they get handed the Champions League trophy almost every season have to do this in order to try and make a name for themselves. Um, it's it is it's a not it's a not a failure in Europe anyway. I mean, since Gordon Strachan, um, we've we've done absolutely nothing in Europe. I think he described us as a Champions League club. And then quantified that by saying you need to qualify three out of four seasons. I don't think we've done that since two thousand and eight, <laughs> which was five years into his tenure. Um, I think if Ange stays, I think we'll continue to win the league, and I think we'll continue to qualify for the Champions League. Um, you know, how long is Ange going to stay? And then the really big worrying question is what happens to the club after Ange decides to leave. Um, that is. That's been my fear ever since Ange walked in the door, really, because I totally trust him with the football, the team, managing the team, taking full control of Celtic. But what happens to Celtic once he leaves? Because he's like the sort of the, the jewel in the crown almost. And, you know, the crown is Peter Lowell. So we're trusting, trusting these guys who almost, I mean, they presided over a complete shambles two years ago. And they are they're still in charge to pick the next manager and take control of the football department once uh, Ange goes. And it's a worry. I'll be honest, it's a worry. But everything's all right because it's fine. Everything's fine. They're doing, I mean, one of the reasons I'm not really involved in fan activism anywhere is apathy of the support, who are quite happy to get tickets for games and are quite happy to beat Kilmarnock 6 or 7 nothing when I want to get to a European final again. I believe that we should be in European finals again. And uh, all the things about Peter Wall, for me, I will always bring back the European one. I will always bring back the European one. We utterly failed in Europe when we had a clear run at Europe. We had a clear run at Europe for six, seven, eight, nine years. And we utterly failed in Europe. I'm going to go to some of the comments here. Uh, are we in danger of turning this, Michael McDonald? Are we in are we in danger of turning this into something it isn't? Hopefully, hopefully, we are turning this into something it isn't, and things just carry on regardless. And, and Peter Wall Disney interfere. I want you to be right, Michael. I really do want you to be. Uh, I really do want you to be right. Uh, Paul Andrew Martin, if people believe Wall has. Wall has never been away, then what's the problem? Things at the club are on the up. Okay, well, okay. sorry, can I answer that? Yeah, go, John, eh? you go. Uh, yeah, okay. So if, if Lowell's never been away and it's not a problem, why isn't he still away? So if, if he doesn't want power uh, in a more formal way, if he doesn't want to be involved and get, uh, get his tentacles around it in a more formal way, why doesn't he stay in this advisory capacity, which he supposedly was in? Uh, but yet in an informal way. And I know he was still involved for a fact, right? But, you know, why is he now taking this on? You know, then what's the problem? Things at the club are on the up. Things at the club are on the up since he resigned. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much clearer they can be since he resigned. Things at the club are on the up, right? So, you know, I, I you know, again, the thing about it is they rely on success on the park to, and this is how, if you look at the government today, if you look at the society we live in today, this is what they do. They gaslight you. They say, oh, look, look, pink rabbit over here. Just ignore this thing here that we are getting on with in the background. Look, pink rabbit, you know, 
and a ba basically, our pink rabbit is success on the pitch. Now, if we were nine points behind, he wouldn't have been appointed just now. That wouldn't have happened. So, you know, they know what they're doing. And they were waiting for this moment and their timing, uh, you know, has been impeccable. Uh, it's been a very uh, well-executed manoeuvre. Um, uh, and very well done. Uh, you know, fair play to them for that. They, they've, they've got every bit of it bang on for minimum, minimum fan engagement or impact. Uh, and that's the thing that's worrying. They know they're doing something wrong. They know they're doing something the fans don't want. Uh, I haven't heard a single person say, brilliant, I'm delighted he's back. Everyone's sort of, ah, well, is it going to make a difference in other people's region? Read the CSA statement. Uh, oh, I yeah, think... I saw that. That, 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 that was Pravda stuff. I, what was that? I, sent you, I sent that to you last night. Oh, my yeah, God. I completely agree, John. Adam Beanie-Smith... More hand movements for Kev than folk doing sign language on the telly. Cheers, mate. And I love that. Love that. Uh, and Robert Little, I'm going to bring this in because this is a this is a fact. Kevin, that's what did happen when Rangers were liquidated. I'll change that wee bit there. Were liquidated and re-entered into the Scottish League at League Two level. The fans' apathy kicked in. It's a one-horse race. The fans' apathy did kick in, and it suited the board's plan to bring Rangers back to keep the brand old firm alive. And those Celtic supporters that disappeared during that time are just as much to blame as those who were sitting in the boardroom. Right. <laughs> That's uh, done, and I didn't want to speak about that again. <laughs> I really didn't want to speak about that again. Um, let's move on. Will Ange stop at three arrivals, or do we need more? Paddy, do we need more signings in the January window? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, you never really want to say no to that question. You always want to try and sign better players, but I don't know. We've got our business done so early that you feel as if there's room for more. Um, I mean, we've got a new centre-back. Uh, I think we've got a new striker in the way. And uh, God, I've managed to forget Alistair Johnson, I know right back as well. So it's hard to say. Um, they could pull something out their sleeve at any moment. You've got that guy. Um, God, I've forgotten his name. Is Afsha. it Magby or I? Afsha. Say that again. Afsha is his name, sort of thing. Mohammed Magadi or something like that. I don't can't remember, but it's right. Afsha. Right. That's been the sort of that's been the strong link recently. Aye. Uh, so. You know, we could see a move for him, but you know, there are these players that sort of come and go out out, out the paper talk, and then you know, we, we don't really know whether they're signing until until they're announced. Um, he says we've got all our ducks in a row, it's the 7th of December, so we've still got what is it, 55 days or something, 56 days to sign all these new players. So, 
I, I can see it's bringing more people in, definitely. John, is this the time to bring in the centre forward? Yes. That we actually need uh, after there's been a bit of a, a misfire, shall we say, going up to Champions League level. There was maybe a struggle to adapt to the to the Champions League level. Um, so is this the time to try and bring in the striker that yeah. we maybe need to take us to that level and hopefully the next one we bring in is it? Well, I, I, I tweeted uh, back when the Jack and Marcus story <clears throat> and everyone's... It's remarkable how quickly people react to stuff like that in terms of, you know, there, there was one article in the Daily Record and that people had him out the door. Like, literally, that was him done. It's finished, get rid of him. Why? He's been, a, he's been dreadful. Let's get shot at him. You know, you, you, wait a minute. There was an article five minutes ago. Calm yourself, you know. So the JJ story obviously had legs because his, um, his agent was trying to punt him to anyone who'd ever uh, showed an inkling of liking for the word right. Um, so he was putting them all over the place. So we know that's a, we know that's a fact and that story has legs. But the, the Jack and Marcus thing was one article, which was repeated in several different places and gathered a life of its own. You know, as I said at the time, he's got three and a half years left in his contract. He'll be going when we see he's going. And the, the notion that would sell him in this window, I think, is mental. Are, are you telling me <clears throat> in this season... Uh, halfway through, when we've got a lead that we need to defend, we're going to sell uh, one of our top strikers uh, and bring in someone who is untested. So unless you're bringing in uh, Messi, then, you know, I'd say that the boy's going to have to bed in, isn't he? The boy's going to, whoever it is, is going to have to find his feet, bed in, all the rest of it. right? So the notion that we can play with Kyogo, who hasn't been on fire, uh, and Kyogo alone, uh, and maybe throwing a bad in up front and all the rest of it. The notion that we can do that and it's just fine, we just wave goodbye to Jack and Marcus during this window. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. Not unless we are getting an outrageous bid and bringing in someone who's a fantastic proven talent who's going to hit the ground running because that, that's insane. We're halfway through a season. We need to win this league. you know, And we don't have... <clears throat> the fact that we have strikers who are not firing... Um, does not mean you bring in a guy who's not proven and add him to the list of people who are not firing. You know, we need someone who has uh, <clears throat> found their feet. We need someone who's bedded in. We need someone who knows the system and can score at least domestically because that's what matters now. Uh, so Kyogo and Jack and Marcus have been effective relatively domestically. Um so, you know, neither of them have been, you know, on top form this year, but they have been enough uh, to get us where we are in the league. So, uh, you know, there's no chance we bring in... I mean, the South Korean boy, apparently, I was reading here the other day, he went from 20,000 followers on Instagram to now 2.5 million followers on Instagram, all based off the fact he was sitting on the bench looking very handsome. Uh, and that, that was basically what it was. He was just, you know, he's, he's apparently he's a, he's a bit of a, a good looking boy. I also heard a story that, which I did much prefer, uh, that he learned words of Portuguese uh, just so he could tell uh, Ronaldo to F off. Uh, now, I did think that was good. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, again, 
I, I haven't seen. I didn't see him play. I'm, I'm no position to comment on his skills uh, or how good he is. But there's no chance we are selling one of our top two strikers in the middle of a season where we have to win. There's a nine point gap. That is not enough to secure us yet. Now, you know, again, there's a whole issue we'll come to with Beal and all the rest of it. But uh, you know, I, that's madness to do that. I mean, do you not think it would be insane to sell Jack and Marcus at this point? I think it would be insane to sell anybody at this point, but that is what is going to happen. I think Yakamakis has came back in, Paddy, and actually says that I didn't care where these stories are coming from. I'm quite happy at Celtic. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think, I think you'll be the biggest club Yakamakis ever plays for. And I think he knows that himself, Paddy. I think he does know that himself. And I think it was just bitter and twisted guys who type with free fires just making things up. No, that's, that's what that's what I think. I think it was. Uh, I think within like something like three hundred and seventy days, he's went from being relegated with uh, Venlo to uh, uh, playing against Real Madrid in the Champions League with Celtic. So it's been a good move for him. And if he actually does want to be three months after or two months after playing against Real Madrid with Celtic, then I think he's he's been a bit foolish, but. I've not seen that, you know, him, him rubbishing it. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. It was only really that one, as John says, it's only really that one article that's linked to my way. There was no clubs mentioned, there was no fees mentioned, there was no quotes. So there's a lot less to it than the Jovanovic story. I think Jovanovic possibly could leave this window. Um, hopefully he stays to the summer. But um, no, I think I think both Yakimakis and Celtic would be daft to part company there now, unless it's an absolutely massive fee something like 20 million plus um, because you know if we win the league it's straight into the Champions League and that's a 30 million straight into the into the pot and do you really want to gamble all that um, to sell Yakimakis for 8 million or something um, so I think John makes a great point there I don't, I don't think we should sell him and I don't think it would make a lot of sense for him to leave either there's a bit of fantasy football going on in the comments, lads, and I'm going to bring it up because I want I want I do want to talk about it. Paul McQuaid mentions big Musa Dembele. <laughs> Musa Dembele would be a sensational signing. Frank Kennedy, we can get Dembele back for five million quid. Michael Ross, Musa Dembele is subject of a four point five million bid from Galatasaray. Surely we can afford that. That was in the papers today where the same journalists that eat cranes for breakfast actually seen Celtic are going to lose out on potential millions and millions and millions of ten dollars because Galatasaray are going to buy Musa Dembele for four point three million pound. How sick would they be if we signed Musa Dembele for four point three million pound, John? What age is Musa? Twenty six. Something the comment just tell us. I mean. You know, I, I I mean, that would be fantastic. I mean, if we could get him back, it would just be absolutely fantastic. What a player he was. Uh, what an absolute player he was. Now, I, <clears throat> I don't know what's happened when he's gone on elsewhere. It seems like he's not really taken off uh, as, you, as you thought he might. Uh, but, I mean, for us, uh, just sensational. I'd have him back in a heartbeat. And I, despite what I just said, I'd kick Jack and Marcus out the door myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd drag him kicking and screaming. We're allowed to change opinion, John, in the space of a minute and a half. We're allowed to change opinion. It's entertainment, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, uh, yeah, no, completely outrageous. Get him out. 
Nah, I get on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a cracker. Yeah, but no, I, I do. And Musa, Musa was a tremendous player, tremendous talent. I absolutely loved watching him. Um, his control, his power, uh, his strength. Uh, and I mean, could he play in this sort of constant pressing uh, team? I a guy like that, you make space for him, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Angel have looked at him. I'm sure Angel has looked at him. If there's any chance that he's available, they would have looked at him. Uh, you know, I imagine he'd have been on much higher wages than we can afford. Uh, oh. oh, John, you, you need to put the kibosh on it. I mean, there is some guys, <laughs> in, uh, there's, there's some guys in the comments talking sense, Paddy, unlike the three are sitting live here. <laughs> uh, I've already brought up that comment, Beach Boys. Michael, we can afford yeah. 4.5 million, but not the 70 grand a week, my friend. That is the problem. Even if he's going to Galatasaray, they're going to pay him a Turkish fortune. They're going to pay him a Turkish delight. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get that one in there. I'll have to get that one. I'll have to get that one in there. Uh, no, you that, didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's one of my dad jokes that my daughter just goes, Dad, you're an embarrassment. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's what I'm no. My daughter's in a certain, a certain year at school, and she went, Dad, you're a big embarrassment. You're always on YouTube. I went, Hayden, that's my daughter's name. I went, You share a school year with Neil Oliver's son. I'm not the biggest embarrassment on YouTube. Neil Oliver is. His, his dad, I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest embarrassing dad on YouTube. There's something your school year's got a far bigger embarrassing dad than me. John's wondering who Neil Oliver is. <laughs> uh, number water cabbage salesman get Yakamakis to pick up Den Belly for the airport it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how, how much we want to dream Paddy Musa is probably on a different level and we, we will the, the South Korean guy seems to be what the buzz is about but I don't know if, uh, I don't know whether the da, whether the South Korean guy's da is just like winding everybody up saying that he is going to Europe, but surely we can compete with Ferris Varos, which is the only team that have been mentioned, Paddy. To be in, if we're interested in a South America uh, South Korean guy, surely we can gazump Ferris Varos, yeah. Nah, we should be blowing teams like that out of the water. Um I just on the Musa thing, you know. I think if if he's if he really is on seventy grand a week at Leon, he'll be on even more than that at Galatasaray if he moves there. Um, so I can't see that one happening. I'm not really a big fan of bringing players and managers back. I don't feel as if as if it's ever really worked. I mean, Billy McNeil coming back as manager was maybe the only time really um, that I can think of. Um, I'm happy to be corrected, but uh, it's not for me. Uh, even though he is obviously a fantastic player, you know, he sort of went off the boil the last 18 months or so. Um, but I I think, you know, if you know, if you're right in Ferrick Varos are the only other competitors, then I think we should be. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. 
one of the race to signature that the uh, the South Korean boy. Um, I think he's quite tall as well. Has have you seen him? Have you seen him play, mate? I haven't seen him play. Has anyone seen him play? No, no. I think he scored two goals against Ghana, though. I think he scored he did, two he South Korea goals against he's, Ghana. He's got, he's, he started off with a brace. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He's, he's, I watched him against Ghana, then I also watched him against Brazil, which is no a, a, a gauge because they didn't really get a sniff against Brazil. But he's six foot two and he's a bit mobile. He's more mobile than Yakamakis, and he looks like he's got a better first touch than Yakamakis. But um, Yakamakis is a fantastic first time finisher. I never, I never saw that in, in, the, in the South Korean guy, but he did look a bit more mobile than the big striker that we currently got and maybe that's how it is an option and maybe that's why people are putting two to the giller getting uh, getting five there because eh? I don't know if they're interested in them it's just the uh, again it's Ange Pascal oh he came from that eight, that side of the world he might he's probably looking at this boy is it we don't know we really really didn't Ken as we say it's just chat gossip Nonsense. See, see what it says, Kev. Will Ange stop at three arrivals or do we need more? I suppose the question is we've got a right back uh, who's the third right back that we have currently. Uh, we don't know for a fact Juranovic is going out this window. It seems obvious it is, but we don't know for a fact. So we currently have three international right backs, right? Uh, we've got a central defender coming in who's clearly not. I don't think supposed to be for the first team this year. Um, you know, he, he's a young fella who's going to need to bed in. Um, you know, and we've potentially got a striker coming in who also doesn't seem like an obvious first choice, but will be added to the roster. So, in terms of do we need more? Do we need more obvious quality? Do we need people who are better than the ones that we have? I, I, yeah, I mean, I would say we need to start. You know, trading up and you know doing what we're doing with Johnson and buying that potential. Uh, you know, uh, from that. That's, that, that's, not that's not trading up, no, John. That's just sticking in the model that we've actually yeah. just spent the first thirty-two minutes slagging. Yeah, um, no, but yeah, I mean, we, 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 we talked about it last week in some depth. You know, we've obviously got to buy a better level of potential at a better gradient. Um, you know, and that's what you're hoping we're doing. But you know, do we need more? If you're hoping to strengthen the first team immediately? The answer is yes, but the, the, the fact is, as we discussed at great length uh, last week, that uh, you know we have to buy potential at a higher level. Johnson is pretty much the epitome of that for the moment. You know, so, uh, you know, as was Juranovic, to be fair. I mean, we got him at a steal, didn't we? We got him at a ridiculous price um, because of some um, uh, release clause in his contract. Uh, you know, uh, after so. Boris, Keena, Maleni, Charlie, and the boys' CDs. <laughs> so, you know, it was uh, fair enough, you know, but I mean, there's no one when you're saying, Do we need more? You know, what we're doing is excellent planning, right? So, we have enough for the moment, I think, to win the league. And I think we're going to end up winning this league quite comfortably. I think your man Beal is a balloon. Um, I think he will add nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to them, <clears throat> you know, and, and um, you know, and you know, a faithless, uh, untrustworthy uh, walker away, uh, as they say, after saying he wouldn't go anywhere, and you know, everyone stick with me, and you know, uh, being a, such a trustworthy guy, and you know, get behind me, and then he walks away at the first opportunity, which should send down to the ground, to be fair, but. 
you know, I don't see any any fans of the Rangers uh, being enthused or over enthused about his return. You know, I think most of them are trying to, you know, even banter wise are trying to struggle to defend it. Uh, so he is, you know, uh, by any measure, as I said before, by any measure. Um, uh, we Gio was a much better manager um, by any measure because his only this man's only management statistics are what 50 50, you know, uh, you know, at, at QPR at best. So, you know, I think we've got more than enough uh, to win this league uh, against them. Uh, they have. I mean, we'll probably come to their contractual situation this year is an absolute disaster. Disaster. They have some like 12 guys coming to the end of their contracts. It's an absolute shambles. That's what he's inherited. And Gerard, for all his flaws, was one of the biggest names as a footballer in the game. This guy's nobody. Uh, you know, he, he's absolutely, you know, he's nobody. He's got no reputation in the game to trade on. Uh, and he's going to have to try and not only turn around the football inside, but try and stop these guys that are out of contract at the end of the year. And never mind the guys that are out of contract. There's guys that aren't out of contract that desperately, desperately want away. He's basically got most of a team there that are either out of contract or want out the door. Uh, so it's quite yeah. funny that it's quite funny that you're talking about Rangers managers there. Last night when I was watching the, Port- the Portugal-Switzerland game, and there is a reason that I'm talking about this, just because there is a comment that I'm going to bring it back to. And Alan McCoyst, who's doing the co-commentators when you're talking about useless Rangers managers there, <laughs> uh, actually says, when he was talking about the Portuguese manager, dropping Ronaldo, he says, when you're a manager... You hope that these big, big gambles come off. I've had experience of it. And I went, aye, against Brecon, Albion Rovers, and getting beat off Rafe Rovers in the Challenge Cup, mate. Hey, you can't you can't you can't equate Drotham Ronaldo than trying to and playing Lee Muller, uh, playing Lee McCulloch at centre back, mate, or keep on playing Lee Wallace. I just uh, thought yeah. I just found that. Uh, you're, you're, you're disrespect, Kev, of the Harry Ramsden's brand. Uh, I mean, did that man not win that cup? You know, I, I no, just, was it no? That, was that, it bang out of order? Was it you know, no magic fish and chips? You know, or was it was some it, petrol something? Well, the petrified cup. Petrified cup. Thank you very much. Was that no? Uh, they beat. Was that? Was, was that, that was no, They beat. Uh, they beat Peter Head for nothing in 2016, and they 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 would have done a lower league treble had they not lost to Hibs in the Scottish Cup final because they won a lower league league, a lower league cup. And then they would have won the Scottish Cup as well. Not to be, not to be. Uh, would, that, would that would I give them an extra star? Is that was that worth an extra I star? Don't. I think be all saying that we need to win everything's an extra star. They had stars for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have they have definitely won the World Cup cup. I mean, they've won it. They've won it hands down. Eh? There I, was what there was one. Knocked out Maeda, so. I know. I. And I, and I, I saw. I, I saw. I mean, the, the irony deficiency. You know, I, I saw there was a there was a Rangers Winfield tweet, you know, from some account just talking about oh the Maeda's tears was the best thing to see and all the rest and you're going But Jaranovich is going through. We had two guys in that game. One of them's going through with your boy Barisic, who Maeda scored against because he can't defend it's like I don't know what Barisic does at a back post. It's like he's never seen a back post. 
Anyway, he's, he's the only thing Barisic is lucky for is Abada's not playing in the World Cup. Um, so, <laughs> you know, absolute nonsense comments. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's great to see uh, JJ through. I, I, I would have much rather had Japan through. Uh, you know, that's a far more romantic story. Japan would be a fun. Aye, Croatia. Japan would be a fun. Are older and jaded, and you know, it's just not as as interesting a story. I thought, what? but I tell you what, you're talking about managerial decisions that backfired. Uh, I think taking Maeda off turned that game against them. He took Maeda off really early, and I think that turned that game against him. It gave yeah, uh, him time to get back into it. I un- yeah. understand why they took him off. I, I really do. Yeah. We, got a, we got a question last week, Paddy. Any players that have impressed in the World Cup that, that we can actually sign? And this is where, this is what got me thinking about the, the Swiss game last night and Alan McCoy's bizarre comments. Michael McDonald, these think Shakiri is within our reach or am I dreaming? I think Shakiri looks everything like a modern football player should they look like. But he's a fantastic wee player. It looks like a, that wee boy that you saw playing in the Sunday League, which is hidden shooters above everybody else in the pitch. But he's got like the he's got the ball an outsider. The Shakiri was fantastic. I thought, where is he playing now since he left Liverpool? Do you can, Paddy? You you can stuff like that. Me and John Mulney, we're too old. Uh, after Liverpool, that's a hell of a question. Uh, I think someone said he's playing in America in the comments. I don't know how true that is. But I'm sure, I mean, he's he's played for Basel, he's played for Bayern Munich, he played for the Inter Milan he played for, if I made that up. Oh, I can't mind. Can uh, no, since he left Liverpool, I've, I've got no idea. Um, we'll go with the comments then. He, might, he, might, he must be playing in America <laughs> then, eh? I think Chicago a couple of... Fire, a couple of years ago, I think he would have been a great signing for us. Uh, Frank Kennedy comes in. Thought the Dutch striker looked better in the Korean book. If that Dutch striker is, was it Gapo? Ka- Gapo? Well, that's why the Dutch striker's gone for 50, mil- 50 million. And we're fighting it out with Ferris Varos for a guy from South Korea. There's, there's, that's why the Dutch striker looked far better than the guy from South Korea. Uh, Robert Ingram. Would love that baldy Moroccan midfielder. He was everywhere on that pitch. I think that's that, the guy, Arabat, yesterday. He was fantastic yesterday. But we've got our own baldy midfielder who was absolutely fantastic in the World Cup, Johnny. So <laughs> let's talk about Aaron Moy. How do we need another baldy midfielder when Urwan was great? <laughs> I don't have to put that to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for that, Kev. Yes, um, I'll set you up. I'll set you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Aaron. Aaron played very well. Uh, Aaron, I, I, you know, because I'm, I'm on friendly terms with him. I call him Aaron. Uh, so yeah, no, Aaron, Aaron had a great uh, World Cup. I thought he played very well in that system. Um, he, he stood out, um, you know, and uh, he, he really uh, left a pretty good impression. Uh, and uh, you know, and I think it was Natasha said if you looked at the guy uh, objectively uh, and you know thought we could get him in a free, you'd think that was a good bit of business. And it is a good bit of business. I've never denied it was a good bit of business for us. I've never suggested he's not a good player. Just said at European <laughs> level, I, I said at European level he is absolutely not at it. Um, he's just not mobile enough, not fast enough, uh, and not athletic enough uh, to be. Uh, to be the kind of person we want in our midfield. However, domestically, he will tear you 
to pieces if you give him time and space. Uh, and he has done that consistently this season. He has been excellent. Uh, and he is not alone amongst our team and in being shown up as not being up to the job at no. uh, European level. No. So, you know, although I've had a couple of, uh, I've poked a bit of fun at Arn, uh, you know, uh, and his, uh, well, look, you know, uh, and I'm sure, you know, the good thing is he gets free travel in Scotland on the buses, doesn't he? Uh, you know, is it, you know, with, with the rest of the elderly. But anyway, sorry, I just couldn't resist. Uh, no, he's done great. He's done great for us this year. Uh, you know, uh, but as I say, he's obviously not the, the, the answer for us in Europe. But then again, you know, as I also just said, you could point that finger at quite a few people. Oh, I, I, I see. He's, they, they are. They have not proven themselves to be up to it. Now, the other thing about him was obviously just his age. So you're, you're sort of digging at him uh, that way. Uh, but you know, yeah, he, he, he wasn't particularly worse than anyone else. Um, you know, I just didn't think he was really what we were looking for or what we needed. And I was very concerned when uh, you know Callum got injured and we ended up having to play him. So. You know, uh, how those games would have turned out differently, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see, but uh, things turned out the way they did. So, uh, But look, I mean, he's done himself no harm. And, you know, you never know. If we sign him on an extension, you might be able to punt him for a few quid as well. You know, he didn't cost us anything, so happy days. Um, but domestically going, speaking, he's more than good enough. I, I think you're right, John. I think anybody after watching us in the Champions League and I'm not saying this to be an old old born middle aged fart which I am um, but every every position's up for grabs we can improve in every single position if we want to get where we're being Paddy, Paul Andrew Martin what's the highest level John stroke Paddy Euro Club or World Cup Paddy you first sorry uh... Uh, Champions League, European European club, definitely. World Cup, it's a bit of a lot of it who your, who your nationality is, so Champions League. John? Champions League for sure, for sure. You know, even, even the best even the best teams uh, in the World Cup can have, you know, maybe three or four world-class players and the, the rest, you know, a mix of, you know, bang average and uh, pretty decent you know, you don't need to have across the board as you do in the club game at the top level. So I don't think there's any question about that. Hey, I'm going to say World Cup just to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the reason being, international, I think there's a different pressure on international football. You're representing your country, obviously you're representing the country. I think the teams are more of a mix. And also I think... What, I mean, there's a lot wrong with this tournament. Completely, as a, a lot wrong with this tournament. But I think when you see the pride and the passion, some players will actually say that's the pinnacle of their career playing at a World Cup. No matter, no matter of the riches that club football actually brings them. But I, I still think the world. I think the World Cup, apart from where it is, has still got that allure for players. I, I, I do. So I think I think the standard is, is there. Well, I mean, I, th- I, think, I think the emotional standard is there. I think the, the, the attraction is there. I think it means a lot more to a lot of guys, but I don't think technically there's any comparison. You know, you, you, I mean, the, the, the teams that, you know, 
the, the top European club teams, if you were to take one individually and play them against probably the World Cup winners, would very likely tear them apart. You know, so <clears throat> it's. I don't think there's a. At the technical level, I don't think that there's a comparison. But in terms of, as you say, Kev, of the allure and what it means to people, the emotion, how important it is, absolutely, of course it does. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of people are very patriotic uh, and it means a lot to them, you know, far more so than the club ever could. You know, whole families are behind them. Uh, everyone in their nation's behind them. You know, that's huge. But emotionally, that's massive. There'll be a few Serheeds in Morocco this morning. I'd say so. What a result yesterday. That's a great result. Michael, <coughs> is that arm about the boy from Morocco last night that ripped Hearts apart Fiorentina? Yes, it is. That's who he plays for. He was superb against Hearts for Fiorentina as well. A good friendly Hearts had the other day, by the way. <laughs> hearts and friendly shouldn't hearts and friendly should never be says in the same sentence. That's some good footage. Uh, we'll go back to Shakira, no Shakira. I did say Shakiri. I did say Shakira. Uh, Michael reminds me that he scored for Inter Milan against us. Jay McKelvey comes and played for Inter against us under Ronnie and Paul Andrew Martin again. He scored the winner. He scored for Inter versus us during Ronnie's time. I'm sure Craig Gordon threw the ball to him. He did. Craig Gordon did through the bottom. Right, lads, that's has been on for over an hour. Everybody's got stuff to be getting on when getting back to. Like and subscribe. Thanks for all the comments and that. Uh, thanks for uh, just being here on a Wednesday with us. Paddy, I hope to see you again soon. I hope to see you next Wednesday. Hope so. Uh, aye, so there, John. Always a pleasure. You took Mar and Moist off a bit well there. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and remember, boys, oh, we still never spoke about the bus. That's for next week. Right, lads. Uh, Didn't we know pointless. Uh, <laughs> Right, lads, Danny B. Bams to each other. See you all later. Hell, hell. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.